Baptism Sunday. That was incredible. Wow. We're so Listen, we're celebrating with every single one of you who uh, made that decision last Sunday. Baptism Sunday was incredible. Hey, if you're here for the very first time, New Heart Church, we're so glad you're here. Come on, give them a huge shout out. We're so glad you're here. Watching online or here in the room, uh, this is a very special Sunday. Every Sunday is special, but this one is uh, really special. We uh, just moved in, our family just moved in, my niece to college. And, uh, and, and in fact, a lot of my friends uh, were uh, moving their uh, sons and daughters into college as well at ORU. Um, we have a couple of uh, special guests I want to honor. First, um, I have a friend from college, and um, he pastors, him and his wife pastor a church in West Virginia. And Kendon, I'm so glad that you and Stephanie are here this morning with us. No, no, seriously, wait, you, that's a nice golf clap, but you clap bigger in a second. They lead an incredible church in West Virginia, and I'm telling you, Kendon was really, really nice when we were in college. You're nicer now than you were in college. How are you getting better at an age like wine? Uh, and now his son, uh, Joe, is a freshman at ORU. And uh, now, Joe, you have to be here forever since we just said your name and now everybody knows you. Uh, so um, come on, give them a huge, huge hand. They're incredible pastors. We love you, honor you. You're incredible. So thankful that you're here this morning. Also, uh, Jess and I's best friends in the entire world, uh, Earl and Onika, are here with us this morning. They, uh, they pastor an incredible church in Dallas, Texas, Shoreline City, and we are so glad that you guys are here this morning moving your son. We're not going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about you guys being here this morning. These are incredible pastors. Come on. Honor these guys. These guys are incredible pastors as well. We love you so much. So thankful for you guys. Um, and I, I really, this morning, um, just uh, so excited about uh, where the church is, where we're moving forward in. We're in this series uh, called The Grind to Get There. All of us understand that um, we have things in the future that we would love to see, but sometimes it's a grind to get there. Come on, church, right? Sometimes it's a grind to get there. It doesn't feel like it happens instantaneously, and, and sometimes uh, those miracles happen. Sometimes you get instantaneous miracles. So thankful for the microwave miracles that God gives us sometimes. But don't you think a lot of times God's a lot more oven than microwave? You just feel like, Come on, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And, uh, and so we're in this series uh, talking about this, actually going through the Israelites moving into the promised land, understanding that they have something that God promised them, but they were going through a grind to get there. And, uh, and, and, and all of us understand this thing. Jess and I understand this. We uh, waited a long time for our kids. Um, and then when they got here, uh, Watson and Piper, well, I mean, we just, I mean, we're just overjoyed. We're like, they're the best things ever. I mean, we just love them so much. We love them so much. Our heart just feels like it could just jump out of our chest at any moment when you see them. But there are moments where that doesn't feel the case. <laughs> 
And anybody who has had kids understands this dynamic. You know, they're, they're great most of the time. They're just wonderful most of the time. But sometimes they just lose their mind. And, it, and, and, and I don't know why it happens, but it just happens. It mostly happens around food. I don't know why. But it just, Watson and Piper, for whatever reason, they just, when it's time to eat, they just lose their mind. They don't want to eat this. They don't want to eat that. They don't want to, and I'm trying not to say, like, well, you don't understand. There's kids that don't have any food at all, you know, and just like, okay, just, and I'm trying to figure, you know, how can you do it? And, you know, they're, they're fighting and just uh, yelling, and, and then what, what, what will happen? You know, Piper doesn't talk yet, but she just yells, so she'll scream, and then Watson will scream, and then they'll start screaming at each other about the food that they have, and they're like, ah, 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 and finally, I'm just like, fine, we're just going to go IV. We're going to go intravenous. We're going to put it in. That's how you're going to eat for the rest of your life. I'm not going to fight this anymore. And I, I'm, just, I'm just done with this complaining thing. And then I just realized when I'm thinking this, I'm like, oh, I complain. Like, uh, I complain. We complain. Might not be about food, but it could be about your boss, or it could, it could be about your friend, or it could be about the situation that you're in, right? You don't have to say amen. You can just look and go, I don't even know what he's talking about. I never complain. Social media took off because of complaining. Like, I mean, this is why so many of us have a hard time with where we're at. Because it's so easy to fall into that trap of I don't have enough money, I don't have this right job, I don't have this right fit, I don't have this thing over here. God, why'd you put me in this place? I'd like to be in that place over there. God, do you see that? It's just so easy to complain, especially when you're not where you thought you were going to be. It just gets real Easy to do that, and, 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 and understanding that with the Israelites is paramount when you're understanding this idea. Look at this in Exodus chapter 16. The whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month. One month. Everybody say one month. One month. After leaving the land of Egypt. So one month of freedom. And then verse 2 happens. There too the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord. I mean they're just, you know, they're going into this huge thing. Before I read anymore. One month. One month of freedom. And you can start poking holes in it. One, one month of, of God rescuing, one month of, of doing it, they're, and they're in this place. Now, it's not Egypt, and God removed them from Egypt. And you would think that God removing them from that place and putting them in a new place would stop them from complaining. But truth for all of our lives is this, is a change in location will not mean a change in your attitude. A change in your location will not mean a change in your attitude. 
why, Why is that the truth? Well, because the Israelites just didn't complain out in the wilderness. If you look back throughout Exodus and even before, you'll see that the Israelites complained when they were in Egypt. And then they complained when they were leaving Egypt. They complained as they were walking out of slavery on how God was doing it. Then they complained when they got up to the Red Sea. And then after the Red Sea, they complained where they were at that moment. They had a praise break, then they complained. And then after that, they complained again. What what does that show us? It shows us that location does not mean you will change your attitude for all of us who think, I just got to get out of this place and then I'll have a better attitude. That does not happen. This is why, this is why I don't have a high expectation for family vacations. Because my kids are going to be the same in my house or at a beach. They're still going to complain about the food that they're eating. They're still going to fight nap time. They're still going to fight going back to bed. Why? Because location doesn't change. They don't change when you take them to vacation and become a perfect Instagram family. And all those that you see on vacation with those pictures, those are lies. Look at the 50 in the trash. That's the truth. Because location does not mean a change in attitude. You rip your old church, you'll rip this church. Unless something changes inside, not outside. You, you, rip, you rip your old job when you're getting into your new job, what's going to happen? Over a while, you're going to rip your new job because location does not change your attitude. If you rip your ex, when you get into that new relationship and that new car smell that you're like, this is what I was looking for, all the time, just give it a couple weeks and the china is replaced with paper plates. And then you'll start ripping them too. Why? Because what happens on the outside is not as powerful as what is happening on the inside. It is so important for us to realize that just because God has brought you out of something does not mean absolutely, okay, now that he's changed all my circumstance, my attitude will change. No, because what is happening inside you is more powerful than what is happening around you. What's happening inside you is more powerful than what is happening around you. And if we can learn this, then we're going to get some steadiness and we're going to get some faithfulness and we're going to get some, I'm not leaving this thing because it's not messing with me right now. My attitude can be good when it's high and when it's low. My attitude can be good when it's really hard and when it's really easy. My attitude can be hot, really great on a mountaintop or in a valley. I'm okay right now. You're looking at me and thinking, man, oh, wow, is your circumstance ever going to change? I don't know, but my heart has been changed over and over and over again by the work of Jesus, and that is helping me stay okay in any circumstance. 
This is important for all of us to understand because every one of us goes through different circumstances and difficult things. Look at this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. I want you to read this with me. I know, this is Paul, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret. Some of you have not learned the secret yet. I'm trying to learn the secret. And what's the secret of living? In every situation, whether it with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. That's awesome. That's great. Verse 13. How, How do you do 12? You do it through 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Some of us who have been in church, some of us have been in church for a while, I've heard that scripture. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And we put that like a bumper sticker on everything that we want to do. I'm going to buy me a house. I can do all things through Christ. You see a girl walking in, I can do all things. Anything you want, you think you can just use verse 13, slap it on there, and yeah. That's not the context of what this was meaning. Do you know what this was meaning? The context was Paul was saying, I can be good with a little or a lot. Or I can be good when there's things going good or things are going really bad. Ask me how I do it through Christ who gives me strength. So if you want to use verse 13, use it in the context of saying, I'm not moved by circumstance. I'm not moved by circumstance. If it's good, I'm loving it. If it's bad, I walk through it. If it's hard, I'm not moving. If it's easy, thank God for it. I'm going to keep moving forward because God is my strength and my power. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I did something right. It's not because I thought something right. It's not because I'm better than you. It's because God's spirit is working through my life and everybody else might leave, but I'm going to stay right here and I'm gonna not back down when everybody else wants to run because I've learned the secret I've learned the secret of staying here because location will not change my attitude no no matter how I want it to and hopefully that'll help you guys and help me stay where God wants us to stay Instead of uprooting too quickly and running away when God wants us to stay right there. Exodus chapter 16 verse 3 says, if only the Lord. This is what they're saying, complaining to Moses. If only the Lord had killed us. Listen, when you're talking about God killing you, that's a bad prayer. You You got issues. If, I mean, that, that's no hope. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat, ate all the bread we wanted. Now, that sounds good. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. 
it's, it's, it's frightening how quickly you can rewrite God's promises. God said, God said, I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Like, and that was a, 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 a very artistic way of saying, I'm going to bring you in a land that's going to have blessing on blessing on blessing. And, and so, but they said, you brought us out in the wilderness here to starve us to death. They rewrote God's promises because of what they were going through. But what helped them to do it was how they were looking at the past of what they came from. If you go back to that verse, you see that, oh, we were, we were sitting around eating meat, bread. Like, you know, they're like, say it like they're at some huge Egyptian smorgasbord where, where the Egyptians were serving them. And, 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 and what has happened is they are starting to romanticize their past and it's starting to destroy their future. And, and, and what happens is when you romanticize your past, you start sabotaging even your present right where you are. And so you've got to watch out for how you remember what God brought you from. Because if you don't remember how dark it was, I'm not saying stay there, but I am saying you got to remember what God brought you from. Because sometimes the devil will lie to you and tell you, oh, it wasn't that bad. And you start romanticizing what you came from. The Israelites were saying, oh, we're sitting around eating bread and eating meat. No, you weren't. You were slaves. You were owned. What are you talking about? You are misremembering what has happened and what God brought you from. It wasn't sitting around eating a Subway sandwich. You were being whipped. You were being killed. They murdered your sons. They murdered them. Did you forget that night? What is going on with this? How, how could you absolutely make it not as terrible as it, why? Because so many of us make it easy about romanticizing things we've been saved from because we're in a hard place that we don't like right now. And so we look back, say, well, that relationship wasn't so bad. That abuse, you know, he was abusive, but I think there was still love there. You barely got out with your life. What, what are you talking about? And then you want to run back. Oh, that job was, it's fine. It was, but it was a lid over your life. And you're looking back because what? Because what you're facing now is hard. And so you look back and you think, well, I guess back wasn't so bad. When back was death. But you look back and you're like, well, I guess, I guess we could, I guess we could go back. Because you you just forget. I have some friends. 
I will not say their names, but they, they have a problem with forgetting because my friends are lactose intolerant. But then when they get Sonic at 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. half-price drinks, <laughs> I didn't say anybody's name. Well, you opened the lid. I got, I got these friends who will down a chocolate shake a little later. They're looking like somebody shot them because they got boo-boo belly. And you're like, you, that shake was 84 ounces. You're lactose intolerant. What are you doing? It's too good. It's too good. I'll pay the price later. Because you forgot how painful it was. And so many of us, Forget how painful our, the, the stuff we got from. And so we go back, and we go back, and we go back. And you know what that's called? That's called a cycle. That's called a cycle. And so we all want to break cycles. We got bad cycles in relationships. We got bad cycles in finances where we keep finding ourselves in debt. Then we pay it off. Then we go back into debt. It's a cycle. We get bad cycles in jobs. We get bad cycles in our marriage. These things that keep, where we keep going back or going back. And, and, and so many of us are like, how, how do I break this? How do I break this? How do I break this? You break it by making a decision to say, this, that, listen, the hard thing that I'm facing right now is better than the terrible thing I just left. It might be hard now, but it's so much better than the terrible thing. Israelite, it's hard right now, but it's so much better than slavery. I don't know what you're feeling right now. Can I just tell you, I know it might be hard right now, but it's better than what you left. And God is not going to keep a pause button on your life. He's going to let you keep walking through, and he's going to be right there, left and right and front and back, leading, guiding you into everything that he's always promised you. I'm telling you, right now, you don't have to run back and think that you got to do it on your own. God has got your back, and he's going to pull you forward. Do not be deceived by those things in your past. And think that, oh, that's, that's just better. So then the Lord said to Moses, 16.4 says, Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go up, pick as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they follow my instructions. 
On the sixth day, they will gather food. And when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. I want to go back to verse 4. Each day, the people can go out, pick up as much food as they need for that day. For that day. The need is met every day. For that day. And it's not just for Israel. This is for all of us. The need that you have is met every day. So God, what, what God says, I want you to go out and I want you to pick up food for that day. So you got to realize, again, what God is pulling the Israelites out of. He's pulling them out of slavery. And he's trying to get them to live in freedom. But the problem was, Israel was trying to move from slavery to independence. And see, when we, we live in, you know, you live in the United States, independence isn't a bad word. It's a great word. But I, I'll tell you this, that if you start looking at that, it can start working in your heart a little badly. Because, see, God doesn't want you to be independent. He wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. So how... So how do you do that? Because he, he definitely doesn't want you to be slave. But then we're like, okay, let's be independent. No, I don't want you to be independent either. I want you to be free. I want, I want you to have freedom. How do you have freedom? If you want to have freedom, you don't look for independence. You look for dependence. You look for dependence. And that's what God was trying to teach them. Depend on me. Every day. Every day. No, no, no. Wake up. I know you're hungry. Wake up. Come out here. I've got food for you for that day. And then you go back home. You eat all day. You're okay. At night, you're like, man, what, 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 what is taught you? Next day, you wake up in the morning. You come out, and there is food for that day. What he's trying to teach the Israelites is, I am the one who's going to take care of you. Not you, not in Egypt, not anyone. I am the one who is going to take care of you. And he's, gonna and he's trying to teach them dependence. And so many of us think that if I can just get independent, then I will be okay. But God is trying to teach you. I just want you to be dependent on me each and every day. And I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about you go to God and he gives you peace. You go to God and he gives you joy. You go to God and he gives you provision. You go to God and he gives you forgiveness for your sins. You go to God and he gives you mercy and grace and self-control. Every day you wake up in the morning and say, God, I'm empty, but I'm coming back to you because I know that you will fill every single void in my life. I'm going to live off you every single day. It's not independence. I'm not looking for it. I just want freedom. And my only freedom is being dependent on who you are every 
single day. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to worship in a moment. Exodus chapter 16, verse 6. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening, you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. This verse just messes with me. Who you think opened up the Red Sea? Like who, like, who do you think unlocked Pharaoh's heart to let you walk out a million strong? Because hardness, when you start facing hard things, it does something to you, especially when you're a slave. And what you learn as a slave is if I don't take care of me, no one will. If I don't watch out for me, no one will. And so Israel was working through a heart problem. We're thinking they were the ones that had to watch out for themselves. And what God was trying to teach them and what Moses and Aaron were telling them was by the end of the day, you're going to realize the Lord. Come on, now now get rid of the Israelites and I just want you to feel that. I I want you this morning to, to have, just realize the Lord brought you here. The, the Lord brought you where you are at your job right now. The Lord brought you where you are in a relationship right now. The Lord has brought you. I, I'm saying, and there might be some things that you're fighting through right now. The Lord is going to, just because he brought you, doesn't mean he's going to leave you. And so, because God is with you at all times. And so don't, don't get it twisted that you're in a hard spot right now and think, well, God just left me. No, I'm, I'm hoping that you have the same realization. Oh, God brought me here. It might be hard, but God brought me here. And if God brought me here, come on, he's going to take me there. And so I'm just going to keep believing that if God brought me here, he's going to take me there. I know it might be a grind to get there, but God is going to, if he brought me here, he's going to take me there. Come on, that realization is going to help you this week. That realization is going to help you right at this moment. Some of you are feeling like you're all alone in the prayers that you prayed. God doesn't even hear him. I want you to hear me say God brought you here and he's going to bring you there. He's not going to leave you. But the, the most important thing that we can do is have a realization. God, you're here. Even in the midst of my struggle, even in the midst of my pain, even in the midst of uh, even joy or even in the midst of things that I'm excited about or even in the midst of things I don't want to face. God, you're here. So all over this room, come on, let's have that realization together as a family. Let's lift up our hands all over this room.
Come on, let's make this place a holy moment. Holy Spirit.